We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience presented by DraftKings. We have hit the finish line 2020 week 16 rankings breakdown by position. If you have not subscribed to Mayo Media Network after 16 weeks, please people, Help us out here. Throw us a sympathy like at this point and subscribe to Mayo Media Network, please. We're still trying to get to 20K subs by the end of 2020. It's looking less likely by the moment without your help. If we get your help, then maybe we can cross that great barrier for three months in business at this moment. So please subscribe to Mayo Media Network. There's no Friday injury ranking or injury update show. There's no Sunday morning live show. There will be a spread show and a DraftKings pick show this week and I have a big announcement on Wednesday's spread pick show at the very beginning so you might want to tune into that if you enjoy winning money which I assume that everyone who is watching this actually wants to do all my rankings will continue to be updated though Friday game Saturday game Sunday game so if you're looking for answers to your start sick questions you can hit me up on Twitter at the PME don't know how responsive I'm going to be on Christmas day my kids might have something to say about that and really it's going to be my wife who has something to say about that who told me there's no way you're going into the office this weekend so it's like uh Everyone's shit out of luck. Although, without my advice, you're probably doing pretty well. So, But I will have the rankings updated every single day. You can see the timestamps in those. You can find the rankings in the description of this video and podcast or just up on DKPlaybook.com. There is a Listener's League this week, this week for the main slate on Sunday, the 27th. That link is also in the description of this video and podcast. There are very few spots this week because we shrunk it down, but there is no rake. It's a three max entry and it's going to fill very quickly. So please go get your spot right away, okay? Last time at 2020 on the line, joining me, kicking off or closing out, sorry. You're seven of the rankings debate from theathletic.com. It's Jake Seeley. Yeah, it's, it's bookending the season. Like, oh, no, wait, you still have a show after this. So, no, I'm not bookending. I'm closing it out, as you said, closing out the rankings of the season. Yes, and I still, as you have said before, do week 17. You don't. Why? Because fuck them. That's why. That's your attitude. <laughs> I don't think anyone should play into week 17. I'm sorry. I'll have a draft. They shouldn't. I will have a DraftKings show for week 17. I will have a spread pick show for week 17. I'm not doing the fucking rankings. I really, I've, I don't think I've ever, I played in one league once that went into week 17. It was like the old ESPN leagues where the semifinals would be two weeks and the finals would be two weeks. I was like, ah, this is, this is yes. stupid. I'm not doing this. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm with you. Unfortunately, as you always say, even though I, I think my Twitter persona would say that I'm not, I am a man of the people. I still do the rankings. I will still have a very, very slim waiver column next week in case an injury like situations we saw this past week. You need to pick something up for your championship game and all the people that might be sitting 
So, you know, that's what you're going to run into. But, hey, I'm still out there trying to help these idiots. Well, last week you said that, you know, I, I told you a few weeks ago I had my second win and I lost it. And you were getting your second win. I got my third win this week. Week 16. Let's do this. Did Run- you? Yeah, running backs. <laughs> feeling good. I don't have back problems anymore. So I'm feeling a lot better. <laughs> uh, likely in the rankings. So this is who I have likely in for the moment as we talk about the rankings on the show. Obviously, if stuff changes, the rankings will get updated and these guys will get moved around. Okay. James Conner, Duke Johnson, Ezekiel Elliott, Damian Harris, Ronald Jones, Jamal Williams, James Robinson, and Rashad Penny. I have all as likely in for this week likely out joe mixon antonio gibson miles gaskin clyde edwards alaire raheem mostert christian mccaffrey and cam Akers. now obviously if christian mccaffrey is active he's number one running back just it's that easy so you don't really need to stress out too much about that if he plays you play him if antonio gibson plays you play him that makes sense right jake uh yes but i would put him i would actually put christian mccaffrey number two <laughs> it's crazy enough whatever he's playing, playing you're playing him yeah unless you're playing a one yeah, running yeah. back league and you have derrick henry yeah pretty much yeah or yeah. like isn't he still priced higher than or oh no derrick henry's not on the slate that's what it is i was trying to remember why you know christian mccaffrey was at the top so rankings derrick henry is number one in my rankings at the green bay packers then you have delvin cook alvin kamara david montgomery austin eckler who screwed everyone he'll be okay aaron jones nick chubb james robinson chris carson and jeff wilson i'm glad you sold me on jeff wilson last week even with monster back i still kept him up in the rankings i held firm and then monster got hurt and it was fine for jeff wilson it was fine before that too and look i think Mostert had one carry inside the five-yard line before he got hurt but it was still mostly wilson and getting that work so you you bring it up as if i only say this because there's a slim chance Mostert pulls the same thing we did last week and he does play again wilson would still be ranked for me and i'm assuming you after you just set it up that way wilson was still ranked in front of Mostert. you know if you again if you're gonna give me a 50 50 split go through all these backfields if you're gonna give me a 50 50 split between two running backs we don't know what's going to happen with the Rams. I know we're going to get to them. But if you're telling me between the two, who's going to get all the carries inside the five-yard line? If you told me, obviously, I'm not saying we know because it's Sean McVay. But if all of them are going to Malcolm Brown. I'll take Malcolm Brown. Daryl Henderson, higher ceiling. He has to break one off, though. So that's why we went with Jeff Wilson. And, yeah, as you said, it was the right call. I think that where you have them, if there's no moster, I can't argue much with that. You know, maybe you'd be like, oh, I feel a little bit better about Miles Sanders because Boston Scott's been relegated to nothing all of a sudden. Doug Peterson's weird, too. He goes from bringing in Jordan Howard and giving him touches and full-blown committee in that backfield to two weeks later, Miles Sanders is the only person touching the ball. So uh, I think that maybe Miles Sanders, but you're playing Jeff Wilson anyway. Yeah, number 11, I do have Miles Sanders. Then I have Salvon Ahmed, which means that I have Miles Gaskin out. If Gaskin plays, I would guess it's Gaskin <laughs> over Ahmed. I really would. I, I feel like this has been telegraphed all year that they have a guy and they have a very clear pecking order. And whoever is active for that game is the guy that touches the ball the most. You would seem that way. But if Gaskin's active, I think not only do you have better options because you're in the championship game, I would try to find better options. There's no way I want to play Gaskin or Ahmed if they're both active this week, just because who the hell knows? I'm with you. That's the one consistent thing we've seen about the Dolphins is that the guy is the guy. It's everybody else is sprinkled in and Matt Breida went off, but he was the backup option clearly to Ahmed last week. But now Breida's in the mix. Uh, you know, I just, I don't think I would risk it. I would go as far as I'm trying to think of some guys that might be, or I'll just look at your rankings. I was looking at the schedule instead, but Let's say Gaskin is active. Like I, I would move. I would play Kenyon Drake and then Gaskin. I put Gaskin at number eighteen. I, I would play him. Ronald Jones and then Gaskin. Now I play Gaskin over Ronald Jones. I I just I wouldn't. And I and I I don't want to play the Buccaneers either. Honestly, if Ronald Jones is playing, I don't. I, do you need any more proof from Bruce Arians? You know, healthy scratch for Leonard Fournette next week because Ronald Jones is out. Completely leads the backfield. He essentially was LeGarrette Blunt in that game. Was you know, piss poor performance running the ball, but he got the two touchdowns. He was LeGarrette Blunt, which is kind of what people wanted for that backfield with Tom Brady at the beginning of the season. But I would still go Ronald Jones. You and actually, you know what? Everybody on earth runs against the Texans. I think I would still go Giovanni Bernard too. That's where I would put him. I would put him behind Gio. I don't understand this Giovanni Bernard thing, how he goes off against the Steelers, <laughs> yet when I play him against whoever the hell it was two weeks ago and he got benched, like, what's going on? For fumbling? For fumbling, 
And I, what did I tell you? What was the number? Was it twelve hundred carries or something like, or twelve hundred touches or eighteen? It was some ridiculous number. It was six out of however twenty. That's what it was. It was twenty one hundred and five touches, six fumbles for his career, and he got benched for that. And then, as you mentioned, got essentially almost all of the touches against the Steelers and goes off. Yeah. So this is the week we're just going to dig into the situations that deal the most with injuries. If you're in the fantasy championships. I would guess you likely know who you're going to play at this point, but we'll just talk about some of the key yeah. guys here. So 11 to 20 full is Sanders, Ahmed, Jacobs, Jonathan Taylor, Mike Davis, J.K. Dobbins, DeAndre Swift, Kenyon Drake, Melvin Gordon, J.D. McKissick uh, is number 20. And then into Ronald Jones, Gio Bernard, Daryl Henderson, David Johnson, Kareem Hunt, Ezekiel Elliott, Wayne Gallman, Tony Pollard, Le'Veon Bell, Damian Harris. What do you do with Le'Veon Bell? I can't make heads or tails about it because I don't think that he's going to get like 80% of the snaps. And the Falcons have been, I don't want to say difficult to run on, but like Fournette had a bad game. He just scored two touchdowns. And that might just not, if that doesn't have, if Bell doesn't score two touchdowns, what did he end up with like 45 yards? Great. Yeah. So I wrote this in the waiver columns and I've already got my sleepers and fades for week 16. And he's in the fade. I said, he's a must pick up. You have to grab him. If nothing else to block your opponent in the championship game, because if he does pull a Leonard Fournette, you're going to be pissed off to watch him score two touchdowns on 40 yards. On the flip side, I don't think I'm rolling out there in lineups unless I'm desperate, unless I lost somebody this week. Maybe you're relying on Connor and you had to sneak in somebody this past week, like maybe Jeff Wilson. And now you're left with the Jeff Wilson versus Le'Veon Bell. If Mostert's back and you don't want to make that, decision. but your main point is the correct one. And the fact that, the Falcons defense run defense is middle of the road. It's not great. It's middle of the road, but it's also made to look better because everybody just passes on them because it's so damn easy to pass on them. So running backs don't do much against them. The second part about this is if Kansas City's passing a lot, Daryl Williams is going to be sprinkled in. So you got Daryl Williams in the passing game, which limits Le'Veon Bell's touch upside, which really comes down to what you just said is he's kind of going to be touchdown reliant in this game, which you would hope he gets in a high scoring affair. But this could be Patrick Mahomes just throwing for 350 yards and four touchdowns and barely any running back use at all. Daryl Henderson over Malcolm Brown. Malcolm Brown's been dealing with an injury uh, as of late as well. Yeah. He's, he's going to play. It's going to be fine. But Cam Akers is like basically officially out at this point. I got to think that it's Henderson. I do, too. I'm going to watch the practice report. So something about this game I don't like either is I'm kind of off this game as a whole. As I don't really want to get involved with it. And if it's anybody, it's Chris Carson and DK Metcalf, Woods. And that probably is about it because it's not just the fact that the Seahawks aren't letting Russ cook. Uh, he threw the four touchdowns in that game, but he did so on a very limited volume. He has, I, I jokingly said this on yesterday's show, and you can scoff at me for a dumb joke or whatever, but I said he's fast food now. He has to do it quickly. He has to get it out and done and super efficient because they're not letting him pass a lot. The other problem you run into here, he scored nine points, that being Russell Wilson. I know we're not talking quarterbacks, but this comes into play here. He scored nine points against them. It was a slower game. The Seahawks have started to grind out the clock and make the snap count a concern for both teams because they're running the ball more. So now you got a slow down game. You have less snaps than you potentially would have. The Rams' defense is terrific. Yeah, Daryl Henderson would probably be the play over Malcolm Brown, but is he even going to get 15 touches? And that's what I'm coming back to is like, how many touches is this backfield going to get in this game is my biggest concern. So would you want to start, let's say, because I have Duke Johnson in the rankings right now. So I have David Johnson at number 24. Obviously, if Duke sits, then I'm going to bump up David Johnson after seeing the passing game work that he got with Duke sidelines. But if Duke Johnson is back, <laughs> I, I don't think that you can really trust David Johnson being the guy who sees 12 targets in a game anymore. On top of that, I saw your tweet and, and not expect him to get the, the reception bonus on DraftKings. <laughs> so I got to tell you, I'd probably still go David Johnson over Daryl Henderson, but it'd be super close. And what you brought about Malcolm Brown, though, that will go, that's going to play into it. This is why you update your rankings all week. This is why I do all week. Because if Malcolm Brown is out Wednesday, limited Thursday, limited Friday, you know, then I feel better about Daryl Henderson because he should get 70, 80% of that backfield. If we get full practices of Malcolm Brown, even starting on Thursday, I'd be more hesitant. And I would roll out David Johnson to go back up. The one that I don't, the one ranking I really don't like in your top 20 is Kenyon Drake, because I was on Kenyon Drake for DraftKings. If there was no Chase Edmonds last week, I had a few 4 PM games. I was playing around with to save some spots for Chase Edmonds was questionable all the way up to game time. And that backfield was a 50-50 split. What the hell? There, there's no way I'm putting Kenyon Drake inside my top 20. Well, if 
50-50 is basically the worst Drake is going to do. It doesn't mean he's immune to having bad games. He can definitely have right. those. But if it just swings back to 80% his favor this week, that is very much on the table as well. If it's not a high it tempo, is. high, it just it's either 80% or 50%. Those are kind of his two outcomes. But he's not dipping below that, where when you start looking at everyone else around him, they most definitely can. Like, I don't know what the split with Ronald Jones is going to be. I really don't. I don't know what the split with Gio is going to be if it swings back the other I way. See, I see. David Johnson. See, I, I wouldn't. Like, I, I don't trust Gio Bernard. Hey, look, that's fine. But after what we just saw, I don't know if it was the Deontay Johnson quarter for a full game punishment for Gio, whatever. Like, I agree with you. Who the hell knows what they're doing? That We don't. We don't understand what happened in that game, and they haven't told us, and they're not going to tell us. To get that kind of use against Pittsburgh and to look that good, again, I go back to the fact that Houston Texans are smasher running backs against the Texans. If I go down with Giovanni Bernard against the Texans because he only got seven touches, I'll live with it because nobody thinks that should happen. It sh- Actually, it shouldn't happen. And if it does, you know what? This is what coaches do to us. They screw us over sometimes. At least I know that on paper, as it stands today, Gio should be getting 70% of the touches. And against the Texans, I'm going to take most running backs getting 70%, 70% of the touches. Well, even in the weeks that he was getting the 70% of the touches before the fumbling week, Cincinnati was trailing so much in those games that he wasn't able to actually get the touches that were required to come through. Now, sure. I, know, I know that they just beat the Steelers, but I don't have super high hopes on a short week against the Texans <laughs> that the Bengals are going to put consecutive weeks together. I, I just don't have super high hopes that like the Texans are going to be blowing them out either. So you could, you know, I, I'm not saying I'm right. You're wrong. We're here to debate the rankings this is what we do. Jake. Yeah, this is, this is what we do. I, I tell you, if you don't like, can you Drake down that low? I would still in your rankings. Definitely not even a question in my mind. Like Gordon Moore, he's looked great. Philip Lindsay still does not look a hundred percent. He hasn't been good in weeks. Um, and actually Philip Lindsay had a good game against the Chargers that first time around when Gordon disappointed in the revenge game. But now that Lindsay's just Lindsay's broken right now, like he just needs the offseason. And then McKissick's use is terrific. I have no problem with McKissick against the Panthers because, yeah, Peyton Barber could steal a touchdown at any given time because he's Peyton freaking Barber. But they're not even giving him that many opportunities to do it anymore. J.D. McKissick's just getting pure volume. I'm going to stick it with my guy, Drake. I think I'm playing for upside in the championship, and that's what I'm going with. He's going to, he's probably going to end up with 15-plus carries on the ground, not much usage in the receiving game, and if Kyler doesn't steal his touchdowns near the goal line, he can go off in this matchup. I don't feel the same way about those sure. other guys. Those other guys, feel like right, a, a, those, those, other, those other guys feel like floor plays to me. They're fine, but I do want to shoot for some upside. Okay. Well, we got to the end of 2020, and this is the first time I haven't even been able to get you move one spot on a player. So there yeah. you go. I'm standing firm. I'm like, yeah, Candy and Drake here at number 18 in the rankings. So <laughs> hopefully you don't need to play anything. Hopefully you just have better, better running backs. <laughs> uh, if Zeke plays, which I do have him in the rankings right now, I have him at number 26. I have Tony Pollard at number 28. I don't think that if Zeke is active, they're going to use him, which sucks, but that's just how it's going to be. Yeah, and I think that's where you, that's a fair spot for both of them because on top of this, let's talk about the Tony Pollard performance. It was super exciting for everybody that had him, and especially in DraftKings. The thing was is before that last touchdown where the 49ers were selling out to stop it, they were. it was almost the field goal block situation that happened with the Jets when they just let Henry Ruggs run in for the touchdown. They were selling out everything to make that final stop, and I know there's still more time on the clock, but they watch that play. They were doing everything they can. It was make like two guys miss and go. And that's why Emery Hunt, who I reference a lot of times, if everybody out there isn't following, go follow him. He always says like some of the best times a running back can hit a big play is when you do have eight men in the box because you make one guy miss and you're gone. So that's kind of what happened on that play. And I bring that up because before that, he was only averaging, he was averaging under three yards a carry and most of it was in the receiving game. And that's the excitement of Tony Pollard. And I'm not discounting Tony Pollard. I say all that because Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard are going to have a tough time running behind that offensive line at this point. It is in shambles. It's got guys we've never heard of. It might be one of the three worst offensive lines in the league right now. So whether it's Zeke or whether it's Pollard, whether it's no Zeke and only Pollard, I still don't think I would put Pollard, despite finishing top 10, I think I would put him still behind Taylor and like right there with Mike Davis. So you'd have him at like 13 or 14 kind of thing, like the highest end running back Uh, two you can have. 15. I think I would go yeah. higher than Mike Davis. I just haven't been super impressed by Mike Davis. Seems like he's been figured well, out. Well, that puts a him at bit. 15. Would I go Taylor? 
Yeah, I probably no, would have to trust Taylor. So yeah, 15 is yeah. probably the spot for Pollard. But I mean, I think you can yeah. make a compelling case that he's just as good as Miles Sanders in this matchup. Like I think that the Ahmed Jacobs Taylor range, like it's only Taylor because someone else could steal his touchdowns. Ahmed's only there because Gaskin is sitting. Jacobs is there because you're hoping that against a weak Miami run defense that he can score some touchdowns. But I think he's very much in that mid. That's the tier that he's on. It's ahead of Mike Davis. It's ahead of Dobbins and Swift and Drake and those guys. Sure. And to go to Dobbins real quick, speaking of that pace that I was talking about the Seahawks, I'm concerned about that too. Dobbins is one of the ones that he's going to have to do a lot on fewer touches and he can definitely do it. I, I love JK Dobbins as a player. You know that, but the giants are one of the worst in the league at pace and also allowing opponents to touch the ball. So, you know, it's just, what, what, what is it like in the forties? I think it is that their opponents are getting, I know they were bottom heading into last week, on how many snaps their opponents get. So you have to do a lot with a little, and it is the Ravens, and they can do a hell of a lot with a little. But J.K. Dobbins has a lower floor than I think people realize this week, as much as the Giants have looked miserable this season. Oh, I completely agree with you. It's all about efficiency with him, but I just think that he is, that offense has become efficient, that he is used to doing it on limited touches. Sure. And again, it's almost like the Drake situation where I'm kind of shooting for upside in this matchup. So that's the route that I want to go. I think they have a much better path on the ground than they do on the air, uh, especially with Bradbury coming back in this matchup, probably taking away Hollywood Browns. I mean, Mark Andrews. Oh, that's the, definitely how you want to attack him. It, it's Mark Andrews in the running game which we're going to see here and i do think that they are far more susceptible off tackle than they are between the tackles which would lend me more towards dobbins versus which Gus is, Edwards. i was gonna say which is also great because the one struggle the reason the giants do struggle at times against the run is the outside running backs because they run a three four and the way that they piece together that three four they essentially have two defensive tackles and then the third one's almost like a hybrid. So that's why people get to the outside so easy on them. It's just because they stuff the living hell, as you mentioned, with the Gus Edwards type of running backs. But the outside guys, they're just there's nothing they can do. Uh, any other rankings you like? You really want to go over? If would you play any Patriots running back if Damian Harris is healthy? Like, would you play Harris? I have him Not at number. Healthy. I have him at number thirty. Yeah, I would. I would do everything I could to avoid that backfield if he's healthy. If he's out, Sony Michelle probably over Wayne Gallman and that's about it uh James Connor if he's healthy I have him in the rankings I have him at number 31 right now let's say does he make it through the game I don't know but let's say he doesn't play are you playing Snell against the Colts you know what Snell's looked good great and then piss poor against Washington so I think you have to just for what we've seen from him you know obviously the Bengals were the best matchup and he dominated in it uh the other matchup that he had was the Ravens and he did pretty good against it so I think it would be in the conversation of the Geo Daryl Henderson, really low end RB2. I know everybody would say that's way too low after what he just did, but it was against the Bengals. Uh, who else do we have here? If Ronald Jones sits, how, how good are you feeling about Fournette against the Lions? It's still Leonard Fournette, so. Uh over Kenyon Drake to go back to that. So he'd be <laughs> like back to back with Swift. Like he would be fringe top 20 ish kind of thing. Yeah, I'd say even like a little bit higher. I think you could make the case. This is this is going to come down to how do people like your style or do people like the situation of guaranteed touches? Because if they like your style and shooting for upside, you keep Dobbins and Swift in front of them. If you don't and you just know, hey, all right, he's going to get me 57 yards. Hopefully he gets a touchdown on top of it. Then you play him over Dobbins and Swift. So it kind of comes down to what do you want for your lineup? Okay. Uh, the other ones like uh, Sideshow Raheem Mostert. No, not Mostert. Morris <laughs> said that Ito Smith is now the guy in the Falcons backfield. Who cares? Yeah, that, that I have at 44. He's the highest of the Falcons running back, so I'm not playing him. <laughs> uh, Bills That's running. Like the shiniest turd. It's like the, the Bills running backs. I got Moss at 35, Singletary at 40. One of them could go off, but I, I don't They're know. still the second or third running back on that team. So. Exactly. So that makes it incredibly <laughs> difficult. Yeah, I don't think if you're in the championship, you're not down this far anyway. I would I would love to see the percent or, percent ownership on like a Moss or Singletary on championship teams. I would guess it's like one percent. And they could be bench guys. You never know. Yeah, even so, you gotta remember like where people were taking Singletary, and then the super excitement that some people had for Moss. Yeah, but then those, but then those people probably long. ended up with like James Robinson, so they've been bench guys all year. Maybe they could have waited too long. I missed out. I'm just looking. I'm also looking down your list to see if there's there's nobody else really worth even your time if you're in the championship game. All right, wide receivers. 
for Week 16. Likely in, I have Devontae Parker, Stephen Diggs, John Brown, Henry Ruggs, Keenan Allen, and Tyler Boyd. Likely out, Debo Samuel, Julio Jones, Kenny Galladay, Jakeem Grant, Traquan Smith, Michael Gallup, Cordero Patterson, Deshaun Jackson, and Colin Johnson. Which gets us to the rankings, which has Devontae Adams at number one. No big surprise there. Tyreek, Calvin Ridley, <laughs> Stephen Diggs, Allen Robinson, DeAndre Hopkins, Justin Jefferson, Keenan Allen, DK Metcalf, and Brandon Ayukin. Robert Woods at number 11, Adam Thielen, Cooper Cup, Corey Davis, Jarvis Landry, Terry McLaurin, Emmanuel Sanders, Chris Godwin, A.J. Brown, and Deontay Johnson. What do we do with Terry McLaurin in this matchup? Because we do not know who is starting. These rankings reflect that Alex Smith is starting. That's who I currently have in my quarterback rankings, but that might not be the case. It might not even be Dwayne Haskins with what's going on. So if it's Terry, if oh, Terry's I, out there I, I, with- I would say that there's a far higher chance that it's Alex Smith. Than, I think there's a 0% chance that Dwayne Haskins ends up starting this week. He's, he's toast. He's done. He might get cut. Um, no, they said they're not going to cut him. Yeah, Anybody say, might be suspended. They, they say that now. <laughs> I just find it funny. Like, everybody loves to rail on this guy. It, I, look, he's doing himself no favors. But remember Daniel Jones was in the club earlier this year? And everybody's just like, oh, yeah, yeah, we don't care about that. So um, I think that Terry McLaurin, if Alex Smith, that's a good spot. There's actually one I would put him in front of. We'll get to in a second. But if it's Tyler ha- Taylor Haneke, ODU boy, by the way, three ODU boys back into the league with Zach Pascal, Fulgham, and now him. Um, he played okay at times for the Panthers. Actually, that game where he got hurt and ended the season and replacing Cam was looking really good. So I don't think Heineke would destroy McLaurin's value, but you would have to put McLaurin down by the Marvin Jones, DJ Moore range just for the fact of not knowing if Heineke would just target the hell out of Logan Thomas like Haskins did, or maybe he's got a thing with Cam Sims or something like that. You would just have to, you know, associate that risk with the quarterback situation. Where I was going to say, if Alex Smith is in there, I don't, I wouldn't have Corey Davis this high, um, mainly because of Jerry Alexander. And I know Alexander should spend a lot of time on AJ Brown, but he's going to spend time on Corey Davis too. And if you're telling me this matchup, this is a Derrick Henry matchup to start. So they're going to be running a crap ton. I almost cursed for the second time on your show today. Um, they're going to be running a crap ton. And then AJ Brown is still number one. And then Corey Davis is number two. So I would start, I got to tell you, I would put Corey Davis before I would start him behind Deontay Johnson. And it's not that far. I would just start all those guys before I started Corey Davis. All right. You, you can sell me on that. I'll drop him to from 14 to number 20. No, so one for one for two today. One Yay. for two. You're batting. Listen, you're, you're a very accurate ranker. 500. There you go. So <laughs> Deontay Johnson's just money at this point. Like I, the I, fact, I, it, I agree, but there, it's really bizarre because if he doesn't score a touchdown in some of these games, although he constantly scores touchdowns, and that's why he continues to be ranked that high. He has very pedestrian type games, good games, but like really good floor games, not a ton of upside games. Yes, yeah, a hundred percent. And but the thing is, is he's the number one, number one, number one. Anytime he's healthy, he's the number one, and he hasn't been banged up for a long time. He had his benching in week two. We talked about it on your show last week, but then he was out there for 100% of the snaps in the second half of last week's game. So the only concern now really is Ben Roethlisberger is beyond cooked. So his arm is beyond cooked. Uh, down this list a little bit further, I'm just kind of like looking if there's anybody left in the top 20 that I'm a, I go back to Cooper Cup. I'm a little bit worried about the opportunities to pass in this game and Jared Goff. I might not be hot as high, but I don't see benching Cup if you're in your championship game, even though he's been frustrating this year. Yeah, because so, really well, more problems. The, the thing with Cup is, I mean, if if you have him and you are in the championship game, he's either going to be like five for thirty or twelve for one hundred and twenty and two touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but didn't he get twenty one targets in one of the games a few weeks ago? I think it was the game. There was a game against Miami where I think he had thirteen catches. Yeah, I know, but I think it was twenty one targets. That's what it was. It's something ridiculous. Let's check it out. Cooper Cup. Yeah. 20, it was Miami, too. You're off by two. It was 21 targets, 11 receptions, 110. He only caught 11 of those? What the hell's wrong with him? Well, it's Jared Goff. What do you expect? Yeah, but he caught 11 of 13 against Tampa. For how many yards? 145 was even a better yards per catch. Yeah, so these are the, the first time. So, this is, but this speaks to the reason why he's ranked where he is. Like, you have one game to that's, go. That's, that's the kind of guy that you want in your lineup. Right. And the first time against Cincinnati or Cincinnati, since Seattle, seven for five for 50 yards. So even if you only get that, you're not going to be with, you know, 7.5 points. You're not that upset with it. Number 21, I got Robbie Anderson. 
Marvin Jones at number 22. No. What? No, Robbie, what? We'll get back to Robbie Anderson. Continue. Okay. DJ oh, Moore. He's, I, 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 there's, yeah. You're, just talk, you're talking over me now? Is that that's your move? <laughs> you, Jeff? I tried to stop, but then you said what? <laughs> Robbie Anderson, Marvin Jones, DJ Moore, Cole Beasley, T. Higgins, Tyler Lockett, Devontae Parker, Amari Cooper, Richard Higgins, and T.Y. Hilton is 21 to 30. I'm not actually sweating T. Higgins all that much. Tyler Boyd I still currently have in the rankings, although he might be out with a concussion. A lot of the lack of passing volume from that game on Monday night against the Steelers was just, you know, again, due to Cincinnati leading in that game, which I do not expect them to be doing all that often. <laughs> Question mark. Is that ever going to happen again? Probably not for the rest of the year. So yeah. And Higgins is also the big play guy. And that's what you're hoping for. Um, would you, here's the question though. Would you even move Higgins up if Boyd is out? No, I kind of feel like he's in a fine spot no matter what. That That's where he's staying. He's staying at number 25. Yeah. Okay. Well, to go back to what I was going to say is Robbie Anderson. There's I'm done with Robbie Anderson. I've been done for some time. Um, Robbie Anderson yeah, has what first touchdown two weeks ago since the beginning of the season and the Washington defense. Um, there's no way Robbie Anderson would probably be the third Panthers wide receiver I want to use, but I know what you, I know what your counter argument is going to be. You're going to go for the upside. I just, I don't even see that much upside against Washington. Well, I think it depends on who you treat as the wide receiver one in this matchup. I think that they do treat, I, I, maybe you can say like week to week, it flips between DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, but Washington is like horrible against wide receiver ones. They're just good against everything else in the passing game. They're the worst so team against wide receiver so, ones. So, so they're treating DJ Moore as the number two is what you're saying? Is that, I, I just want to make sure that that's what you're that, that I mean, I don't know. That's why I have them close and outside of the top 20. I think it's a coin flip and one of these guys is going to go off. Okay, I just don't think it would be Robbie Anderson, no matter if they treat him as number one or not. I'm Like I said, I'm just done with Robbie Anderson, but that's certainly fine. The one I actually would move up quite a bit, uh, mostly because you also have him as teammate as being listed out. Outside of last week, Amari Cooper had been very, very consistent and good in finishing top 20 with Andy Dalton. So on top of the fact that if there's no Michael Gallup, I would put Cooper inside the top I put him one spot. I put him right there at 21 in front of Robbie Anderson, especially with no Gallup. I guess it depends on Slay in this matchup that if he's back, I mean, we've seen Cooper get taken out of game so far just because Andy Dalton's just not that good. And yeah, that's certainly fair, but Cooper also does spend some time in the slot. You know, a lot of it's CeeDee Lamb, but he spends time there too. So, you know, Slay also hasn't been always consistent this year i don't know if it's the injury that he missed time with and then you know maybe it's been nagging at times i'm not that like i'm not scared of slay like i would be of alexander or ramsey well i guess both corners for the rams technically um i just not that well like slay wouldn't affect me that much i i mean it's not probably a moot point because if you have a murray cooper you're probably out of the playoffs after last week <laughs> which is doesn't that just make you happy no, not really. I mean, I don't want anyone to be out of the playoffs. That's just how, how it no, ends no, up No, 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 but don't you hate his Mari Cooper as much as I do? Yeah, I mean, I never own him, so he's kind of irrelevant to me. I don't really care what he does or what he doesn't do. Okay, fair enough. I just always, he was, until Dak Prescott, he was the Jared Cook of wide receivers, so I've never had him on a team. Uh, 31 to... Oh! Before what? you get to 31, I didn't even notice. Kudos, mad respect for you, given the respect to number 29, Richard Higgins. I like it. It's against the Jets! But it's also Higgins is also the last three weeks has been a top 25 wide receiver. And nobody wants to treat him as that. Yeah, listen, I'm all in on Richard Higgins. He won me a bunch of money against the Jags a few weeks ago on DraftKings. It was great. Nice. I like it. Uh, that was it. I'm just happy you have him in, in your top 30. Okay. 31 to 40. Mike Evans, CeeDee Lamb, Tim Patrick, Brennan Cooks, Russell Gage, Juju, Sterling Shepard, Jamison Crowder, Antonio Brown, and Chase Claypool. Antonio Brown finally had a good week. As I predicted that after everyone who had him was eliminated from the playoffs, he'd finally have a good game. You did say that, I think, two or three times at least in doing these rankings. <laughs> uh, on top of that, the one thing about it, though, is Tom Brady loves Antonio Brown. He's out there the third most behind Godwin and Evans. And it's not really that close. It's not like it's 50 snaps, 49 snaps, and 48. It's 50, 49, and 36. He's like way less out there. Um, way fewer opportunities. But the opportunities on targets, he tied the team lead because Tom Brady loves him some Antonio Brown. I would go a little bit higher, especially if you're going to make the argument of upside. But 
definitely more upside than Sterling Shepard. Definitely more upside than Juju Smith-Schuster at this point. He's running two-yard routes. Who, by the way, did you see that bad beat that Field Yates tweeted where the guy was up by .56 with Ebron and Juju to go? And Ebron got him to zero. And Juju got him negative, and he lost. Yeah, you'd be surprised how little sympathy I have for anyone screenshotting their fantasy teams. I, I'm la- I just think that's humorous. You can't, you can't find that funny that the dude lost with the lead because Juju got negative points. You don't think that's a little funny? Yeah, it's again, it's, it's irrelevant <laughs> to me. I don't care. <laughs> All right, fine, whatever. Sorry for trying to get enjoyment at the end of the year. You're getting your enjoyment off someone else's pain, Jake. That's not the Christmas spirit. No, because we've all been there. So we feel the pain. I think it's funny. Okay. I'm sorry. Listen, different tastes for different people. It's just not not, not my sense of humor. <laughs> okay. What uh, would be your sense of humor? Uh, you don't want to know. Put it that way. <laughs> I, I need to have... It's not best to tell it to you. You're a very, uh, you're a very kind person. Uh, you don't need to go to the X-rated depths of my humor. Okay. So Antonio Brown... Can I get you to put him up by uh, no, 36? Absolutely not. Okay. Uh, 41, Chad Hanson. For <laughs> what was you fucking talking over me doing the rankings list? <laughs> I said two for four at the same time you said Chad Hansen. 41, Chad Hansen, Lynn Bowden, Tyler Boyd, John Brown, Michael Pittman, Kiki, Curtis Samuel, Alan Lazard, DJ Chark, and Marquise Brown. Not not really digging Hollywood Brown here against the Giants, although he has been good the past four weeks. Mm, so this isn't trying to catch you, but what's your argument for him down there if you're playing for a lot of upside in Week 16? That's a legitimate question I'm just curious about. I think Bradbury takes him out of this game. I don't think he's that good. Mm, who, Brown? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, underst- I understand the Bradbury concern, but... I mean, that Giants defense, even with Bradbury, could just give up one big play. Oh, that's what you're hoping for is one big play. So, And I don't think eh. he gets it. I will be betting unders on Hollywood Brown this week. What's the, uh, the over-under on his yards? I don't. It's, it's, or it's, do you it's, not know yet? It's, it's not Friday, man. I don't know. Props don't come out till Friday. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know when props. I can't bet here in Virginia, so I don't get to see these things. And, you know, I don't know. Sounds like you should All move. Right. Well, Virginia sounds terrible. <laughs> it's for lovers. Oh, and it? I'm single. So, yeah, I should move. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You need to go to a more amorous state, <laughs> I suppose. At least open open amory is the way you want to go. Uh, yeah, listen, you're probably not starting any of these guys, are you? No, I mean, you might be starting QT. It's Maybe, just or because Lynn of what you've fallen into at this point. Maybe eh, Lynn. Lynn Bowden's just floor guy. I like Lynn Bowden. He can break one. And this is a revenge game for him. <laughs> revenge game yeah they cast him aside because he didn't fit the culture after they just drafted him what a few weeks later yeah exactly uh yes that this whole range yeah I, I don't have many issues with this I, I would say if you're going for upside there's guys after this that you know you might want to throw into the upside list but we haven't gotten there yet but yeah hansen decent upside against the Bengals. Bowden's floor boyd is floor qt is floor samuel's floor there's a lot of floor guys in this range yeah that's why we're down in the 40s like if you do want to take your shot on the one play could get you there it starts with chark hollywood brown slayton marcus Valdez, scantling like there, i think there's a significant difference between these type of upside guys and the type of upside guys in like the 20s and 30s like this is a very low percent chance these guys come through for you i think right and I was going to throw 50, I was going to say A.J. Green if Tyler Boyd is out. Also, but still a low percentage chance that it happens. But there's it would increase his chances a little bit if there's no Tyler Boyd. Yeah, it's the same as like Kirk and Mims and Aguilar and Keelan Cole. I think these are all kind of the same guy this week. What, what's That's two weeks in a row you didn't say Mimsy. Yeah, I'm, I'm losing my voice. <laughs> You're tired of Denzel Mimsy? I'm, I'm tired of rankings. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> <laughs> Where is... I'm looking. Where's Brashard Perriman? Uh, probably unranked. That guy sucks. Yeah, didn't even put him in. <laughs> oh, no, he's no, down no. to my 73. 73. Yeah, I'd rather play Mims. And then I was going to say where you had the San Francisco guys. You have Bourne at 74. Did you I, put I, Richie James in? I should have Bourne a lot higher. I don't know why I have him ranked so low. He's the part of that, like. No, I was actually going to. Oh, go. You were going to say what? I was going to say, Richie James is actually more opportunities, better game out there more than Bourne was in that game. Bourne just got the garbage touchdown. And that was a legitimate, <clears throat> that was a legitimate garbage time touchdown for Bourne. So 
I don't know that you should have him higher. I was going to say the Richie James, Kendrick Bourne thing is kind of a coin flip. Uh, I'm Bourne's usage in the red zone just historically is always much better than Richie James. And if one's going to catch a touchdown, it probably is likely to be Bourne. Uh, I'll move him up into the 50s somewhere. Check out the rankings afterwards. Okay. And then if there's no John Brown, would you put Gabriel Davis in the 50s too for the same situation? Probably not. He's been kind of useless since Brown went out. <laughs> I mean, he's got the what the two touchdown games which made him relevant, but I think that was it. Yeah, but I think that was before Brown went out. No, I think wasn't I thought one of them was after Brown left. Maybe one of them has been, the, the, he, in in matchups where the Bills have put up like 40 plus points, he's done nothing. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh this entire range is yeah, hopefully you don't have to play anybody in this in this group. Exactly. Tight ends. Kyle Rudolph and Mike Gesicki in. Kittle and Ebron out, although you told me that before we came on, it sounds like uh, Eric Ebron might end up playing. Uh, the report says should be okay. I don't know how because the report also says he didn't suffer any organ damage, which makes it sound like he hit a hit that was bad enough to do other damage, but... No organ damage should be okay. TJ Hawkinson just said he broke his leg and tore ligaments in his ankle last season. Okay. I guess I would explain. I, I thought he fell on his head at one point. That's why he ended up being out. Anyway, Kelsey's number one. Waller, Hawkinson, who no longer has a broken leg, is number three. Logan Thomas, Hunter Henry, Mark Andrews, Dallas Goddard, Rob Gronkowski, Noah Fant, and Austin Hooper are my top ten. Even if Ebron is playing, I'm not playing Eric. People... It's really weird because every single week someone be like, you don't have Eric Ibron ranked high enough. Like Eric Ibron sucks. I don't know what people are looking at. <laughs> it's because he shows up. I mean, he had what, three good games in a row? But like they're, they're like, I, I forget who tweeted it out, but it was Eric Ebron was over the previous three weeks before the Monday night game was tight and nine uh, overall, but he had not finished inside the top 15 in any one of those weeks. Yeah, because he's just remarkably for mess. Yeah, he's four points, five points. He's got, yeah, so that's what it was. Yeah, the three previous games, 11.6, 8.9, 10.3, which put him as low-end tight end one every single week. And mind you, that came with seven, 11, and 11 targets. So I'm with you. I've never been a big Ebron guy. I think if he's playing, that's an added risk that you have on top of it. I think he'd be in the conversation for the top 15, like play him over Cole Komet, but that's probably about it. I would also have Mike Isecki a lot higher if he plays. I just don't know how banged up he is, is the thing. I think he might, you also have to factor in that he might be active, but might not run 100% of the snaps. Sure. I'm, I'm looking at your rankings, like for, I guess in my mind, when you say as in, I'm just thinking everything's fine. So yeah, if it's, if it's limited all the way through Sunday, that's an added risk. And with Johnu and Hooper and Tanyan, that's a fair range to have him. If he's practicing on full, even on Friday, I would play him all the way up right behind Mark Andrews. Really, you'd put him up ahead of Dallas Goddard. Dallas Goddard, even the last two games, has just been kind of meh as well. I mean, he dropped a touchdown. He really should have had that. It was a nice defensive play, but you have stronger hands than Dallas. I, I mean, we could say that about a lot of things. <laughs> I just Not really. There's not Dallas a lot of guys Goddard's who just drop random touchdowns throughout the course of the game. In the Jordan end. Aikens? Okay, there's one. Give me another one. <laughs> uh, what was the one? Who's the one? Zach Ertz. He got his taken away, and it should have been a touchdown. There we go. So there's two. And John who dropped one. Did he? That was, was when John was like, yeah. It wasn't in the end zone, though, was it? I think it was. I think that was the whole thing. Like, oh, John, we thought he could be back. I thought, I feel like John was. Ingram drops a billion just in general, not even touchdowns. He just keeps dropping passes. Sure. And Goddard, <laughs> usually pretty sure handed. I like Goddard. Just number seven. He's a, he's going to be a low end tight end one. He's going to get enough bulk volume and hopefully he ends up scoring. He's safe. He's like Gronk. I'm going upside. Now, now we've flipped the script on your show. Well, there is no upside at tight end. <laughs> <laughs> There's so I mean, Gasicki caught two touchdowns the week before. Sure, but I mean, especially Gis- if Parker's still not 100. percent Well, if we're going to call Parker not 100, percent then we have to call Gasicki not 100 percent either. Mm, no, that was I was folding that into the Gasicki practices in full, and if Parker's still not 100, percent that helps him. Listen, Tunyon is obviously a preferred touchdown target for Aaron Rodgers. He's going to be 11. Hooper's just yes. playing the Jets. Like play, play guys against the Jets. That works out. Until it's Harrison Bryant this week. Sure. May, maybe. That's what they do. Yeah. Although that really hasn't been a huge thing whenever Hooper's been active. That That is true. It's so just I'm, been Njoku, too, at times. So, 
but not really while Hooper's been active. Hooper's been the guy when he's been active. At, at the guy in loose terms. Well, what would be a different term? <laughs> I would say he's the lead. I wouldn't be like the guy makes it feel like he gets everything at tight end. No, but he gets the majority. He leads the, a committee. He leads yeah. the committee, but he's playing the majority of snaps. He's out there like 80% of the time on offense, and he's the one who's piling up a majority of the targets and a majority of the receptions and a majority of the touchdowns when it comes down to it. Yeah, but that feels like Edo Smith is getting the majority of the touches and the majority of opportunities in the Falcons' backfield. It just feels like, eh. Yeah, but he's not. I get what you're saying. But Edo Smith isn't getting a majority. He's getting a plurality. That's a big difference. He's still leading the backfield. Yeah, but there's a big I'm just difference saying, b- between majority and plurality. There really is. Okay. If you if we want to go down that road, either way, I'm just not that excited about Austin Hooper in general. I'm excited for tight ends to play against the Jets. That's where I'm at with it. We'll move to quarterbacks. Okay. Uh, let's see here. I got Patrick Mahomes at number one. Actually, I should say I got Stafford, Daniel Jones, and Alex Smith in. Allen, Carr, and Mullins out. So Mahomes, number one. Aaron Rodgers, number two. Jalen Hurts, number three. Brady, Herbert, Allen, Kyler, Deshaun, Lamar, Ryan Tannehill. That's the top ten. I think if you got okay. those guys, you keep rolling them. I got Russell Wilson at 11. Then Cousins, Mayfield, Ryan, and Trubisky. I don't think that you probably need to go any lower than that because some of those guys are available. I'm kind of... Yeah, I don't think you need to go pass. I mean, maybe Stafford against the Buccaneers because he just plays through everything, and that's a good situation for him. I mean, I, I might feel better about Stafford than I feel better about Breeze. I know Breeze got his three touchdowns in the second half, but he looked as toasty armed as Ben Roethlisberger. And then it's still that stupid Taysom Hill factor. Yeah. Guys. But uh, what is it? The, the so I, I think the saints have scored like 25 points in every game this season, but there's just a lot of points in games that they play. You want the, you want quarterbacks in those games, but I could be, this could be recency bias on my own memory, but I feel like the Vikings have been a letdown on the over under for the past two or three weeks. Well, the over, Haven't they been? I feel like the over hit last week. Wasn't it like 30 to 27 against the Bears? But not on that. I just feel like their offense hasn't been doing a lot. Fantasy-wise, that's probably the better way. I mean, they didn't put up a ton I mean, against at, Tampa because they kept settling for field goals and missing them. Right. Uh, and the week before, I believe it was an over. I, their offense is fine. Okay. I could just, like, maybe there's the Tampa game is sticking out in my mind just because we were so excited for that. It was such a letdown. <laughs> And they still scored points in that game. It was just bizarre. It was, it was also just not that great fantasy-wise. Let's see. They scored 27, 14, 27, 28, 28 in the past five weeks. Yeah, but what about Kirk Cousins? That's that's kind of what I was getting at. I was trying to think of like what Kirk Cousins was doing. Kirk Cousins had 21, yeah, 21, 15, 19 in the past three weeks. So he's been okay. It's been okay. That's what I was trying to think of. That's why I have him ranked at number what twelve? Yeah, number twelve. It's a decent, decent play. Uh, the Baker Mayfield hedge is just that maybe they end up scoring rushing touchdowns, but it's a great spot for him against the Rams at thirteen. Sure, but I think that Matt Ryan, I feel a little bit better for upside than Kirk Cousins. Matt Ryan has been even without Julio Jones has been playing great, and everybody just kind of has been overlooking him. Has he been playing great? He was just one of the top, what, seven, six scorers last week? Okay, well, give me the last five weeks, just like he did with Kirk Cousins. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go back to it. I closed the page. Uh, Matt Ryan, who, by the way, surpassed. Oh, so he was crap before that, so never mind. I mean, he had 28. Yeah, 28 against Tampa Bay, but then against the Chargers, seven. Against Saints, 15. Against Raiders, 14. So it's, yeah, these, all these quarterbacks are the same. Okay. Defenses to close this out. Let's try to hit a big D this week. I have the Saints at number one against the Vikings, against your boy, Kirk Cousins. Hopefully they can play some Jameis ball here, throw some pick sixes, then have to go air it out once again. Bucks against the Lions, Dolphins against the Raiders, Chiefs against the Falcons, Browns against the Jets, Ravens against the Giants, the Footballs against the Panthers, Bears against the Jags, Chargers against the Broncos, Bills against the Patriots. I think that I have the Cardinals against the Niners at number 11, the Steelers against the Colts at 12. Couldn't figure out what to do with Arizona. They're just such an opportunistic defense that I think that actually, if you're thinking about like an upside play, it feels like they're like 18 points or one point. I, I can't really figure it out. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, it's just Arizona has been a decent pressure rate. That's that's what kind of we're chasing here, isn't it? That's what you usually like to look for. Yeah. 
Uh, any defenses uh, you think I should bump? I tell you, not bump, but if you're just going pure upside and a lot of these defenses are taken because they listen to you and me and plan ahead with these defenses. And, you know, I had somebody that asked in the waiver column and said, you know, why not? Well, you didn't mention the Cleveland Browns as streamers. So I was like, well, first of all, they're over 70%. And somebody else jumped in and said, he's been mentioning them for the past four weeks. So I'm saying all that because you and I mentioned plan ahead with defenses. The one that's not even on your list that could definitely go sideways, but Jalen Hurts is going to take sacks. Even if he goes ballistic, he's going to take sacks because that's what he does. He takes sacks. Similarly, your argument about going against Kyler Murray this year. He also holds the ball because the one thing is, look, as great as the throws that he makes, he's made unbelievable throws. He's amazing so far. But he does sit in the pocket and take pressure when he doesn't need to. So the Cowboys, the last two weeks, granted it's not been the Eagles and Jalen Hurts, but the past two weeks have played better. They could get a few sacks. Look, they're not on your list. I wouldn't even put him much ahead of maybe like the Patriots at like 17. But you said if you're taking a flyer, like I would, you know, even consider DraftKings if you're looking for a 2% owned defense to just take a flyer on. Now they have performed well the past two weeks, that defense, but I don't know if Hertz's sack numbers are quite as pronounced as maybe they appear to be. Hertz has played against the Saints and the Cardinals, two teams that generate a ton of pressure. Dallas generates zero pressure. Sure. But again, he stands in the pocket too. Sure. That's the thing. Is So that's what I'm saying. He's going to take sack. Well, he takes, okay, three sacks against the Cowboys. So you still get your three sacks and potentially a turnover. I'm just, look, this isn't even, I'm not even arguing for them being in the top 15. I'm just throwing them out there if people are getting desperate. Yeah, I think you could play, let's see. Pretty sure the Chargers are. I mean, I'm looking at this list. Are they? Yeah, Chargers. I was about to say, because I'm looking at your list and how many of these teams could possibly be available. There's not very many. Chargers, Cardinals. Maybe the like the Bears are super low owned at this point. Mm, let's all right. Let's go. I'm going to check right now. Chicago, Chicago, sixty five. Chargers are low owned. You're correct on that one. What was the other one you mentioned? Uh, the Cardinals. Cardinals. Oh yeah, they're super low owned. They're thirty four percent. Washington is still thirty four. What the hell? Yeah, I know. Like the, I, I would say of like uh, the completely unowned defenses that you could use, the Texans are probably the Texans are not a good play, but they're ten percent owned and they get the uh, Bengals this week. Just hope Finley has to yes, throw thirty five times instead of seventeen. I, th- I think Houston's. I, th- I would put Houston on par with Dallas, but definitely the better matchup. Yeah, um, I would play the matchup in this one. Dude, the, the, the Washington is number seven on the year, and they're still 34%. I don't quite understand it. I don't know what's been going. How many weeks in a row have you been talking about the Washington defense to go pick them up and well, people they, just continue well, they finally Well, they finally weren't good last week. Well, look at who they're playing. Yeah, I thought they'd actually have a Wasn't decent that... game. I thought they'd have a decent game against uh, Seattle. They didn't. Well, again, I go back to what I was talking about before way earlier in the show is Seattle's not even giving defense as many opportunities because they're grinding down the clock, they're grinding down the game, they're running the ball. Where's, uh, what, I think that was the first. So they had two against Pittsburgh at Pittsburgh, but outside of that, 22, 14, 8, they had one against Detroit. How did that happen? But 5, 10, they actually have three double-digit scores since week seven. Who? Washington. Just the point. Just going back to this whole Washington thing. Yeah, Washington. Washington's been one of the better defenses all year long. Fantasy wise, they have four plus sacks in all but three games since week seven. Yeah, that's what you have when you have one of the best front sevens going. Yeah, and I think one of those was without Chase Young too. So there we go. All right, that was it. That's the ranking show for 2020. Thank you so much for being <laughs> on. Oh, thank you for having me. this is fun every single year, even when you get mad at me. Well, that's part of the show. Part of the shtick, Jake. <laughs> uh, when are your ranking, uh, when are your rankings up? Midnight. All right, midnight, and you'll have the week seventeen rankings. I will be back with a big announcement <laughs> on Wednesday's show. Remember to like the episode. Remember to subscribe to Mayo Media Network. Rate and review with the audio podcast. You can find all the rankings in the description. They will get updated every single day once the news changes. You can find those on DKPlaybook.com as well. In case you don't know how to click on links. They're in descriptions of things. Then you just type in dkplaybook.com. Boom. You'll find them up there. But the Listener's League link will be in the description. And you might want to get your spot right now. All right? I'm Pat Mayo. Thank you all for watching. I'll see you next time. Experience. Experience. 
This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.